0: good morning everyone hello excuse me one second so glad to be with you this morning before we get into the message today um in case you're wondering what that video is all about our church high point atlanta is part of a global family of churches called every nation you can find out more about every nation at everynation.org on the internet um, and every three years we gather together from all over the world for, <clears throat> excuse me, for our World Conference. Our last one was in 2016. It was in Johannesburg, South Africa. We didn't get to go to that. This year we are so lucky that it's in North America. It's in Orlando! It's so close by. And um, if you have any questions about what that is and what we do there, can you talk to us? Because we would love for everyone that can to go to World Conference in Orlando. Um, to me always it's like a little snapshot of what heaven might be like because it's people praising god in different languages at the same time with their flags of their nations flying from all over the world all kinds of ethnic groups all kinds of nationalities represented it's it's powerful and not to mention there's awesome praise and worship there's amazing preaching of the word it's fantastic so if you and it's near disney world so i mean this is literally a no-brainer right so if you want to know more talk to us if you would like to go and aren't sure how to, how you can get there we want to help you so talk to us okay all right well let me introduce myself if there's anybody here i don't know my name is amy amy hubbard my jason and i are uh, on staff here and on the leadership team uh, at high point and our lead pastors andy and amy amy's there in the second row with her youngest beckett who is <laughs> who is playing hooky from Kiss Church. He's not feeling great today. And Andy um, is out of town. He had a death in the family. His uncle passed away, so he's been out of town this weekend for the funeral and services for that. So we, we're sending our prayers and best wishes to him as he travels home. And we are excited. We're starting a new series today on the Holy Spirit, which is titled The Holy Spirit. I mean, really, what else do you need to call it, right? I know. I mean, sometimes you don't even need to be creative. It's just just what are we talking about today? Well, there it is. So um, I'm excited to preach the first message of this series today. So for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about who is the Holy Spirit. Uh, what's He like? What does He do in our lives? We'll talk some about the fruits of the Holy Spirit that you can see listed in Scripture. We'll talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So if this is something that you've wondered about or had questions about, uh, this is the, the next few weeks are the time uh, to be in church. And so today we're going to kind of launch into that this morning. Um, and really we want to give this morning kind of an overview of who is the Holy Spirit and how do we talk about Him and... And what's the deal and what what is he like Um, because when we talk about God when we talk about the Father Son and the Holy Spirit um, in my experience the Holy Spirit is probably the hardest aspect to really understand right because we have a paradigm for a father right we know what a father is and 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 whether or not you got along with your earthly father or, or, you didn't you kind of have a concept of what a father is and a creator right the same goes for the son we all know what a son is some of you are a son some of you have sons and so we kind of know what that is and moreover we can read about Jesus's life on earth we can imagine in our minds Jesus as a person as, as a man that walked the earth as he did and so it's easier to kind of grasp what that is but what is a spirit like the Holy Spirit it just sounds kind of mysterious right a little bit is it a ghost you know in some circles uh, of Christianity and of the churches he's called the Holy Ghost right so if you got to say it with kind of a little flair right Holy Ghost I can't do it which is why I don't do it but (laughs) I mean is he a ghost like like Casper the friendly ghost or something Um, is the Holy Spirit a feeling like we talk about have team spirit have school spirit is the Holy Spirit kind of like a a, like an excited or warm fuzzy feeling that you get is it an it is the spirit a thing I mean do you see what I'm saying here sometimes there can be some confusion because we don't always have a paradigm uh, a a box maybe to, to put that in we don't always understand it we don't have as much of a tangible idea to attach it to so before I get going too much more, I want to just pause for a second and pray. Because as luck would have it, the Holy Spirit is here with us today. <laughs> I know, we weren't sure if he could make it, but it worked out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. All right, it's a joke. <laughs> so I want to just take a minute and let's just invite him to teach us. Because as we're gonna talk about today, teaching is is one of the the things he does best right and so let's take a minute let's open our hearts to the lord and ask for insight and ask for wisdom this morning so holy spirit we welcome you into this elementary school cafeteria this morning we welcome you into high point church we ask that you would open our hearts that you would open our minds to understand that you would give us the the eyes to see and ears to hear that we would be able to hear your, your spirit this morning and be moved by what you want to teach us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. By the way, in case you're, yes, I did get my hair done. Thank you for noticing. Thank you for, and what's that? I think I do look younger. Yes, thank you. Y'all are sweet to say all that. No, sorry, I'm just kidding. So I have been a part of churches my whole life, pretty much from when I can remember. Now I know that we all have different stories. We all have different paths that led us to all be in the same room today at the same time. Some of us have grown up in the, some of you have grown up in the church like me. Some of you are new to the faith. Some of you came into it later but from my experience we talked about how it's harder to understand kind of what the holy spirit is from my experience being in different churches through the years lots of different kinds of churches being around lots of different kinds of christians um, there are different ways that we struggle with what to do with the holy spirit so i've been in churches before um, where the holy spirit isn't really talked about much or if he is it's taught that the moving of the Holy Spirit and the acts of the Holy Spirit were important in the early church. Like when we read in the Bible, we read the books of Acts and Paul's letters and his missionary journeys. Um, sometimes it, it sort of is implied in some churches uh, that that was the Holy Spirit's like prime time. That's when he was like really needed because the job was big, right? Jesus, when he ascended in heaven after his death and resurrection, told all the disciples like, you all have to go now and preach the gospel to the to all the nations you got to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit so right that's a that's a hefty job especially when everyone traveled by <laughs> by foot right and so sometimes in some churches it's taught that you know they really needed the Holy Spirit then they needed miracles they needed uh, acts of God that could not be denied because people needed to know the truth and hear the gospel. But now we don't need that so much, right? Have you, are you familiar at all? Have you kind of heard that taught or maybe even not taught, but it kind of implied? Sometimes it's implied that Jesus and obeying the Bible are enough and are all we need to live a Christian life. Or I've been in some churches where it's either taught deliberately or implied that, you know what, if you were not a tongue-speaking, fire-breathing, miracle-witnessing, Holy Spirit-filled, dynamic minister of the gospel, then you are missing out, you know? And so then it can become kind of this thing where if you're in that kind of environment where you are chasing after um, an experience, where you can physically feel the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, You know and so that kind of becomes the thing and that you aren't sure where you stand with God maybe unless you can sense his presence in a visceral way right or unless when you pray for someone there if they're not healed well then maybe I don't know right so those are kind of two extremes and over the years I've been in both camps at different times of my life walking with God now can we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit physically sometimes? Yeah. I mean, you read the Bible. Sometimes the power of God was so strong. It talks about people falling to the ground as though they were dead. Sounds like a party, right? <laughs> so, that, yeah, there are times, of course, and there are times. I've never fallen to the ground as though dead. Not from the Holy Spirit. I've tripped and fallen before. <laughs> but there, there are times when I've felt the presence of God in worship. just now even. But am I... Is the point to chase after that kind of experience if we're not careful sometimes that can be what we begin to focus on so those two extremes or maybe this is all new to you maybe you're like Amy I did not grow up in church I have no clue what you're talking about what is a Holy Spirit <laughs> and what is the point of all this isn't Jesus enough it just sounds mysterious and weird and so that's why we're having this series over the next few weeks. We want to talk about the Holy Spirit. We want to talk about who He is, His work in our lives. And this is not meant to, by the way, be like this definitive, okay, we've covered it, and now everybody is good, and everybody's up to speed. Because there's no way we could do that in three weeks. This is a lifelong relationship that we're in with the Lord. And we learn as we go. And it's a process. And uh, it reminds me, Paul actually talked about this in 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve. He says, Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we'll see everything with perfect clarity. So he's talking about when we finally meet Jesus face to face. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. So, the reason we gather together for church and worship and the reason we have Life Group is because we and I, you and I are on this journey together to understand, to get closer to seeing clearly and seeing Jesus clearly. So, are we ready to jump in? All right. Let's start with what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Let's throw it back. Let's throw it way back. Okay. Let's look at what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in the book of John. Now, we're going to go through a few scriptures in the book of John. Now this is Jesus' last evening with the disciples. And when you read this scripture, these scriptures, it's pretty much John 14, uh, 15, 16. It's the Last Supper. They are together. And it is you can feel the intensity that Jesus knows that this is his last time to really be with them before he goes to the cross. They don't know what's about to happen, right? But he does. And you know how when you're watching a movie that you've seen before, and it's maybe a dramatic movie, you've seen it before, so you know what's about to happen, but the characters that you're watching don't know what's, and you feel it for them, you're like, oh, y'all don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know what's about to happen. Okay, this when I read these passages now, that's sort of how I feel for the disciples. It's like I feel a little bit, sorry for them because they just don't know right but Jesus knows and we do and so so you want to look at what does he find important to talk about with them in those moments because these are his last moments with them before his death before his crucifixion before he's taken away from them in a violent and horrific way and he chooses to spend quite a bit of this time talking about the importance and the presence of the Holy Spirit so let's look at John 14 Start uh, verses 15 through 17. And he says, if we can put that on the screen, he says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So what have we, what have we just learned from that passage? That the Holy Spirit is the advocate who helps us and is with us forever he's the spirit of truth and he lives in us and will be with us let's continue on later in chapter 14 verse 25 and 26 Jesus says again all this I have spoken while still with you but the advocate the Holy Spirit and the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So, do you see that like Jesus wasn't like, Now I'm about to go. I hope y'all can remember everything I said. Like, good luck. He's like, The Holy Spirit will come, will teach you, will remind you of everything I said. Not only that, He lives in you. Again, in John 16. 7 through 11, he says, Very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. And I always wonder, did the disciples have a clue what he was talking about? That you're going away? What are you, what are you talking about? We're busy. we we got lots of ministry things happening. You're going away. but Obviously, Jesus knew what lay ahead. Unless I go away, he says, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, now listen to this, this is important. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people don't believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So, he's telling him, these are some of the functions of the Holy Spirit. To show you, to convict you, to give you this sense in your heart about righteousness about what it is to be righteous to be righteous Um, he will convict the world and show you about sin about the way to not live and the things to not do and about judgment this this certainty and this knowledge that we are accountable for the lives that we live that our actions matter that our words matter that these are the things the holy spirit came to do and then finally, last one, in Acts 1.8. Now this is one that, that probably gets, more, gets read more often in these types of messages. D- Jesus has uh, died and been resurrected, and he's come back to visit the disciples, right? And this is right before he ascends into heaven for the final time. He says, He tells them, stay in Jerusalem for right now until, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we know the Holy Spirit teaches and reminds us. We know he convicts us of of sin and of righteousness, of how to live righteously. And we know that he gives us power to be witnesses. He gives us power to live a life that shows people he is real. That convinces others of his reality. That kind of power so the word we heard in those passages of John was advocate so if you heard me preach before you know I like to look up what is what was that word actually written down right because we all know that the Bible or maybe we don't all know but the Bible was not written in English the New Testament was written in Greek and so what is the Greek word that John wrote In his gospel that we now know as advocate it was called paraclete the Greek word paraclete there's your fun fact for today you can share it at parties so (laughs) paraclete means a lot of things like a lot of Greek words do sometimes translators of the Bible make their best effort to find an English word for a Greek word even though the Greek word can have multiple meanings and so as you see on your screen paraclete means an advocate a helper a counselor so an advocate is almost like a legal term, right? A lawyer is an advocate, somebody that goes before the judge and argues on your behalf, right? The Holy Spirit stands with us in that way, fights for us, fights with us. He's our helper. He's our counselor. So according to, to these passages that we read, the, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, remember? We said, it's confusing. Is he a feeling? Is it like a spirit, like this warm, fuzzy feeling? Is he a ghost? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God who helps us and dwells in us, who lives in us, who teaches us the truth, who reminds us what we already know. See, A lot of times we'll talk about this in a little bit. A lot of times you already know because Jesus lives in you. And the Holy Spirit says, Remember? You already know what to do. Okay, fine, you're right. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, but also convicts us of the truth as well. And he gives us power to be his witnesses. You see, a lot of times we think of the Holy Spirit as only uh, something that you read about in the New Testament, you know, after Jesus came. But in reality, the Holy Spirit is God, right? So the Holy Spirit has been from the beginning, from before the beginning. In fact, Genesis says that this, before the earth was created and the universe, the Spirit of God hovered, right, over the waters. So the Holy Spirit is in the Old Testament too. It's not like this is just a New Testament thing. And it's important to understand that because sometimes the Holy Spirit can be treated like God Jr., right? Like, he's just our helper. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God and mighty and powerful and you see the holy spirit at work in the old testament but here's the thing that's different after jesus and after salvation is that a lot of times in the old testament you hear the holy spirit talked about as coming upon someone right so if you read about samson in the scriptures if you read about elijah sometimes it talks about how the spirit would come upon them and in that moment they would do incredible crazy things right samson tore down a temple with his bare hands right uh things like that Uh, elijah would prophesy and crazy stuff would happen and it was amazing so the holy spirit would act and would come upon people and god spoke to people and god raised up prophets and and the holy spirit spoke through them to the people but here jesus is making an incredible promise about the Holy Spirit. Here it's not just anymore he's going to come upon you from time to time. It's the Holy Spirit's going to live in you now. And what I love about that picture we saw earlier of Nicole, of Nicole is that when we are saved at the at the moment of salvation the Holy Spirit begins to transform our hearts and he and you can almost physically see that on her face that he is Already at work in her, living in her, transforming her heart. And so, what Jesus has just promised us, and you see, we're so used to it now because we've had 2,000 years of plus of church and church history and this scripture. But Jesus is telling the disciples something in that moment that they had never heard before, which was that God is going to come and live in you and speak to you all the time, and be right next to you, and advocate for you, and help you, and counsel you. All these things are now available. And Jesus says, I'm sending them to you. He will live in you, and be with you. And I know for me, I don't always grasp it, but that's an incredible thought. Oh, Mark, you can sit down for a minute. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Sorry, am I taking too long? I'll speed up. You know, Mark, I want you to just relax and enjoy. Just take a few more minutes. I mean, I don't mind the background music, though. It's fine. Okay, so if you've been in church for any length of time, maybe you think of the Holy Spirit as like a power source, an extra power source, like a rocket booster, like a, like a spiritual Red Bull, right? Um, and sure, God can work in that way. But what we see in Scripture, again and again and again, is that the Holy Spirit is not just your personal like, uh, energy drink, right? He's God. He's a helper. He's a teacher. He's a counselor. And I love this quote from A.W. Tozer. He says, The Spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for His people. You see, we can't do this. We can't live this life without the power of the Holy Spirit, without the Spirit dwelling in my heart and your heart. See, in the church world, oftentimes you can hear about the Holy Spirit in the context of the gifts. And we are going to talk about, in two weeks' time, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are detailed in Scripture. And the Holy Spirit definitely works in us and through us and gives us gifts to enable us to minister and to, uh, to spread the gospel. But let's not make the mistake of of thinking that that's all he does in us. He's not a force, you know? It's not like some kind of like I can't shoot out Holy Spirit beams like Spider-Man out of my, right? (laughs) He's God, it would be amazing. And if I were in charge, no, but I'm not. The Holy Spirit is not our personal rocket booster. He is the Spirit of God who transforms our hearts and teaches us how to live. And that's our big idea <laughs> for today. He transforms our hearts, and He teaches us how to live. Titus 3, 5 says, When God our Savior revealed His kindness and love, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Spirit. Jenny, if, if you have that scripture, can you put it up, the Titus 3, 5? It's not on there? Okay, that's fine. I'll read it again. Because this is important. When God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit transforms us at salvation instantly. Your heart the scripture teaches is instantly made new and reborn. And then the Holy Spirit begins in us what is for us a lifelong process of learning to, to listen and be led and be taught by him. And are there exciting moments where God uses you to do amazing things and gives you gifts? Yes. But the Holy Spirit's work in your life is oftentimes a lot more quieter and a lot more everyday teaching you, speaking to you, reminding you, telling you to go this way and not that way. And what we have to do is learn how to listen. See, we are born again through the sacrifice of Jesus, but we are made new and transformed inside out through the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit living in you that enables you to say no to sin and yes to God. To reject fear and choose peace, to reject sin and choose righteousness. And sometimes we can trick ourselves into thinking we don't know what to do when actually we know what to do. Because the Holy Spirit lives in me and He lives in you. And sometimes if I'm caught up, and this is, please hear me today, sometimes if I'm caught up in a sin or a sinful pattern of thinking, I can convince myself if I want to that I don't know it's a sin I can convince myself if I want to that I'm confused and I don't know the right thing to do and if I would just be quiet for a minute I know the right thing I do I know the right thing why because the Holy Spirit is living in me and Jesus said he'll remind you of what I said I've seen this in my own life and in my own heart. And, you know, Jason and I have been walking with people uh, in ministry for 20 years now. And many times I've sat with someone as they've grappled with a sin issue in their life or an unhealthy relationship. And, and sometimes they've said, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what the right thing to do is. And, but really, they do. They know what to do. Sometimes we have to admit to ourselves. And that's the thing about the Holy Spirit is that he teaches and reminds, but he doesn't force. Some of you are, are teachers. We have some awesome teachers at High Point here uh, where teaching is their vocation. And I bet if we asked them, they would tell us that the, the most effective method for them to teach the kids in their class is not to get in those kids' faces and scream arithmetic facts or the multiplication tables or... You know, whatever, the law of thermodynamics, I don't know. Like, nobody learns great through having it screamed or through aggression in their face. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit is not going to force you to do the right thing. Because nobody learns that way. The best way we learn is by how he does with us. He comes alongside, he reminds, he leads us. So just like the kids in the classroom learn when a teacher shows them and leads them to that kind of discovery that's how the holy spirit works in us so yes are there times when we pray for guidance from the holy spirit over choices that there's not a really wrong answer maybe you've got this job or that job and you're trying to decide what to take or or this college or that college i mean it's not like that's a sin thing right and there sometimes we do need the holy spirit to show us but also if it's a if it's an issue where you're feeling convicted of sin and you're like oh is this a sinner is it not can i just lovingly suggest to you that if you have the spirit of god living in you you already know the answer to that question and so sometimes we need to get out of our own way and just obey what god is already telling us to do sometimes it's like did you ever play with the magic eight ball when you were a kid i'm not suggesting you should so we don't believe in fortune telling but I'm, I'm just saying as a kid you do dumb stuff right and you'd ask a question and shake the ball and it would give you the answer you didn't want. So what would you do? You'd shake it again, <laughs> duh. Of course you would. The Holy Spirit is not your magic eight ball. Right? He's God. So we have to obey. And if, if we want to see God do amazing things and use us in amazing ways, we start with the everyday. We start with the everyday, Lord, help me to obey you today. And we can overcome you know we can overcome. Today is February seventeenth, and Jason and I realized this week that today, seven years ago, I was undergoing surgery for breast cancer. It's my surgery anniversary <laughs> today. <laughs> seven years ago, right? Um, which is really strange to me for me to think of and for a lot of different reasons. But I can look back and see how the Holy Spirit has led me from a place of fear and terror, really, to a place of peace. And the Holy Spirit, that's what he does. He didn't get in my face seven years ago and scream, get over it, you're going to be fine, just trust me. Right, because that's not how I learn, that's not how you learn. The Holy Spirit comes alongside, he reminds us of the truth, he heals our hearts, he takes our brokenness, and gives us his strength and his peace. And so today, I can stand in front of you seven years later, am I never in fear about getting cancer again no I get I get I have my moments but the Holy Spirit has brought me to a place where I can recognize that for what it is I can receive fear as a liar right and not accepting it as the way it has to be and I can ask him to help me and whatever your thing is we all have a thing right that we battle right that comes up and that comes up and I don't know what it is for you But the Holy Spirit can take the power out of that thing. And even though it may come up for you, you can trust him and call on him in Jesus' name. So when the Spirit of God takes up residence in your heart, your life will change as a result. There's a passage in John that talks about that God moved into the neighborhood. And that's what happens when you receive Jesus, is that the Holy Spirit moves up into your neighborhood he takes up residence in your life and in your heart now let me say this as we do begin to close now mark i'm sorry you you can come up now you may you may approach (laughs) so here's the thing because we're talking about the transforming power of the holy spirit now this isn't a magic trick right It's not always, are you spiritually transformed in an instant from death to life like Catherine talked about? Yes, the scriptures are clear on that. But the process of becoming more like Jesus, the process of your life changing, your thought patterns changing, your habits being transformed, that's a journey. And that's a process. And so as joy filled, as as Nicole's face was, for example, in that photo, and I'm sorry we keep using you as an example, but you know, is she going to go forth and just have an absolutely perfect existence from here on? No, I'm sorry, but no. That's, that's not how it works. We still have our lives to live. We still have the accumulation of habits and patterns that we've established in our life that now the Holy Spirit gets to do his thing, which is to come into your life and say, Hey, have you, have you looked at that? Let's take a tour of your heart. Have you, What about this? How could that be different? How could I help you? How could I remind you of what Jesus said about this? How can we, how can we, how can you uh, be healed in this area, right? That's the ongoing progressive work of the Holy Spirit. Is it as exciting as talking about healing and miracles? And I mean, maybe not, but you know what? It's these little daily things that make those exciting things possible that build our faith, if I know that God can deliver me of fear about cancer, then I know that God can heal you because he's done it in me. Was it glamorous and exciting? Not so much for me. But then I know that God can do something great because he's done it in me. All right, so as we close, I just want to remind us today that we have a choice. If you're a believer the Holy Spirit is already living in you he's dwelling in your heart but he doesn't force himself on us in terms of he doesn't force you to to make the decisions and do the right thing and all of that Uh, we're not possessed by him you know but it's not like some some overcome where this Holy Spirit possesses you and you have no control over your actions you have full control and agency in your own life to make the choices you make and so we can choose to do what he says or not do what he says, to trust him or not trust him, to go back to how we were before or to take a step of faith and trust into living a new way. And that's where we stand today as we intro this series on the Holy Spirit. If we don't understand this, the rest of it might just go over our heads in that he's here already. And as a result, how now will you live? how now will I live? So how have you, as we close, how have you viewed the Holy Spirit in your life? Maybe you haven't really thought about it. Maybe you're like, this is all new to me. Or maybe you've thought, well, the Holy Spirit, like that's kind of like, again, like I said earlier, like an energy boost for really serious, like commando Christians. And that's just not relevant to me. Or have you viewed him as a feeling or an experience? Do you need to feel something to know that He's with you? Or have you listened to Him? Have you been comforted by Him? And have you been taught by Him to live differently? Because you see, the Christian life is not about just getting by. It's not about just accepting your issues and just struggling through day to day. It's about trusting that through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the sacrifice of Jesus and the Spirit of God living in us that our lives can be different. Does that mean that we don't have pain and suffering and difficult things? That is not what that means. You still will, but your outlook changes as a result. You have faith in something larger than yourself. I want to close with this scripture, Romans 5, 5. It's one of my favorites. It says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. Disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Our hope will not lead to disappointment because our hope is in him. And he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Can we stand? I just want to pray for us this morning. I just want to create space for just a moment um, for God, for the Holy Spirit to speak to you this morning. If there's been, you know, a lot of times people refer to the speaking of the Holy Spirit as that still small voice, right? Because he doesn't come and scream in your ears. And it's easy if you want to sometimes to push it away or to ignore it. So I just want to create a space wherein if the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you about something, that he can remind you. Now, what does it sound like? I'll be honest, sometimes it really just sounds a little bit like your own thoughts, but it has this kind of persistence behind it that just feels a little bit different. And you'll get more familiar with that with time and as we go. But let's just pray for a moment. Lord, thank you for your presence with us this morning. Thank you that you came to teach to remind, to convict us, Lord. And God, if there's something that you've been speaking to us about that maybe we've overlooked or we've pushed aside, Lord, in this moment, help us to hear you. Just take a moment and ask the Lord to just speak to you. maybe he's telling you to forgive someone, maybe he's telling you to reach out for help because you're struggling with a sin issue, or a thought pattern that you cannot seem to break out of, maybe he's telling you, you need, to, you need to tell someone, maybe he's reminding you of his great love for you in this moment, maybe he's telling you to call your mom, Maybe he's reminding you of something he spoke to you earlier in the week. I don't know. The beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is that our experience with him is individual. It's what you need to hear in this particular moment. So, Lord, I pray that we would listen. Give us ears to hear. And not only ears to hear, God, give us the will to do what you say. Help us to obey. Thank you, Lord, that you teach us and remind us, and it's for our good. Jesus.